the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Christina Ellis, number one best-selling author, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. We invite you to join us. The phone number is 888 825 225. Jacqueline in Phoenix is going to start off this hour. Hey, Jacqueline, what's up? Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm curious if I'm on baby step two or baby step six. Um, my husband and I had saved for a house and we had a down payment. And while looking for a mortgage, my grandmother offered to let me borrow from my trust fund. And the expectation was that I would pay it back because she doesn't want me to have my trust fund until after she passes. And so I've been tackling the debt like it's baby step two. And my husband thinks maybe we should just chill out a little and tackle it like baby step six. You said you had a down payment for the house previously. Is that correct? What was that down payment? 40%. You had 40% down payment and then you borrowed from grandma? Yes. Okay, how much did you borrow for her, from her? Uh, 230000 Was that the rest of the house? Yes. Okay. So you owe your trust fund for your home? Yes. Um, it's, it's a bad baby step six. Okay. Okay. So, um, how much is in this trust fund? Um, I don't know exactly, but definitely at least half a million. Still, after you took two hundred out. Yes. Okay, so the trust fund was left from who to you? My grandma is leaving it to me. Is leaving it to you? So she's already she opened she put the money in there while she's alive for you, her granddaughter, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. And then she agreed to loan the money from the trust fund to you. What happens if you don't pay it? Um, Legally. Legally. Oh, um, I was told that I would just get the balance of what's in the trust fund. So I wouldn't owe the trust fund any money. I would just get whatever's left. So you did not legally do a lien on the house where the trust fund that is yours could actually foreclose on you. You didn't file a mortgage at the courthouse? No. Were there any paperwork signed? Uh, Yeah. There was paperwork signed? Yes. On the loan? Um, It's more like just a document between my grandmother and me and a lawyer. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Say say that again? It's just a document between me and my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And the document states that... You're to repay this at a certain rate? Yeah, she's paying a certain dollar amount every month until it's paid back or until she passes. Is there interest on that? No, that's an interest-free loan. Okay. Um, I'm curious, what what is Grandma's reasoning for not giving you the money versus lending it? Does she have Yeah, which is what she should have done. Um. 
she just doesn't want me to have access to it until after she passes for some reason. But she gave you access to it. Yes, she did. She's talking out of both sides of her mouth. I guess she doesn't want my cousins and siblings to also have access to theirs. Ah, she didn't want to set a precedent. Yes. That the others go, well, you did that for Jacqueline. Oh, yeah. Now, that makes a little more sense. I was getting ready to get after Grandma here for a second. Um, Well, it's baby step six, for sure, to answer your original question. It's not two. It's a home mortgage. It's just a weird home mortgage. Agreed? Yes. Okay. There's no question about what this is for, what the money went to, why you have $200,000 in debt. It's all about this house. And if you were to sell the house, you would pay off the mortgage. If you were to refinance the house, you'd pay off the mortgage, which would be repaying the trust fund that someday will be yours anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to get tacky. Are you okay with that? <laughs> Me? How, yeah. old, how old your grandmother? I was going to ask the same thing. <laughs> uh, like early 70s, 72, 73 maybe. Or early 70s? Yeah. Okay. How's her health? <laughs> She's great. Okay. We love her. She's so this good. is going to go a while. Well, actually, I mean, we've been tackling it like it's baby step two, so I only have three more years left on it. But I was just wondering, like, if I were to go back to the agreed upon amount, I could, I mean, it would take it like four years, but I was just wondering. I would, go, I would do the agreed upon amount for four years. Okay. Yeah. Because baby step two is is gazelle intensity. Baby step six is you move from intensity to intentionality. And um, what I would tell you there is put 15% of your income away to retirement. Um, In baby step four, save money for your kid's college. In baby step five, and any money you can get out of your budget beyond that is extra payments on the mortgage. That's a normal baby steps answer. And I'm going to apply it in this weird situation. Okay. Yeah, we just, we've never had that because we grew up on the Ramsey plan. Like, our parents gave us your books as we were kids. So, we've never had that. So, we just, yeah. we freaked out when we suddenly had that. Yeah. How old are you guys? Uh, 33 and 34. Okay. Yeah. So, are you putting 15% away in retirement? Yes. Okay. So, you were already treating it like, and then above that, you're paying more than your normal agreed payment. Yeah, and then we both have second jobs. Okay. I'm, 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 more I, yeah, I might that. back off on the intensity, have a reasonable life, and pay the regular payment and what you can above that with having a reasonable life, an intentional life, and then get rid of this. <sighs> wow. Yeah. There's only one thing keeping me from saying Grandma made a mistake here, and that's the precedent with the other cousins. Yeah, maybe she's got a crazy she cousin. She does have, well, no, I mean, she does have a point there. Um, but uh, see, the difference in me, though, is this. Uh, we told our kids fair is where cotton candy and the tilt-a-wear world are. <laughs> fair is uh, it's my money. I decide what I want to do with it. That's fair. And so if I want to give your brother more, I'll give him brother more. It's my money. Um, and so if your cousin called up and said, if I was your grandmother, I, I would do away with this loan because I think it's weird, it's icky, it's strange, the borrower's slave to the lender, I got a weird feeling in my stomach talking to you about it, I don't like it, so I would pay it off 
uh, and reduce your amount. And if the cousins come around and go, no, I just did that for her. I'm not doing it for you. And by the way, it's free money, so you don't get a vote. My money. Uh, you know, you, get, you can just say no. No is a complete sentence. And fair, fair is where there's cotton candy in the tilt world. That's not fair. Well, it's my money. You know, go visit the fair. It's not socialism. It's capitalism. This is The Ramsey Show. Christina Ellis, number one best-selling author. Ramsey Personality is my co-host today. Jake is with us. Jake's in Chicago. Hi, Jake. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's um, up? So my brother and sister uh, have been married for a number of years, and they've been trying uh, very hard to start a family. Um, they've been unsuccessful, and they're now uh, attempting uh, IVF. Um, and I've been the most blessed out of all of us kids, uh, financially, and I want to, uh, help them with that, uh, financially and calling to figure out what is the best way to do that from a tax perspective. Um, last year I itemized my taxes, so I'd like to have that nice chunk, uh, as a write-off, but I also don't want them to, uh, I just want them to have the maximum amount of that sum. Yeah, it won't be a write-off for you because they're not a nonprofit. Okay. But you can keep them from being taxed on it or you from getting a gift tax on it a couple of ways. Um, what is your total net worth? Uh, over 300 Okay, over 300000 And how much money are you talking about giving them? 10000 up to ten. Okay, it's very easy. An individual can give another individual up to 16000 in this calendar year in 22 without having any gift tax or any problems so if you just write them a check for 10 grand it's perfectly okay it's not deductible there won't be any gift tax on it and they won't have any income tax on it okay but you're Um, but it's not deductible how would i go about doing a deductible if i wanted to do that like they have a gofundme right now um but i know that take a that's not gofundmes aren't deductible they're Um, not no Absolutely not. Not unless they're associated with us 501c3. No, yeah. you, you've got to have a 501c3. and You can't run something through GoFundMe and just determine, you know, I'm raising money for my Chihuahua's nail clipping on GoFundMe and all the other crap that's on there. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and uh, suddenly it becomes a tax-deductible ministry. It's just not. Um, the only way I could think you could do it is if um, – you gave it to your church, and they gave it to her. But that that could fall under directed giving, and it could cause the church a problem in the event of an audit. Honestly, if I'm in your shoes, I wouldn't screw with it. I would just give them the money and not worry about the taxes. Okay. I think you're going to get your – there's too many loops to jump through, too many potential pitfalls with you trying to create a de- deduction for doing it, and just not worry about it. 
What if they had some sort of nonprofit that they went through for fundraising? For example, I know like Life Song for Orphans, we've given to a family who was trying to adopt a child and mm-hmm. they'd partnered with them. It was kind of like a GoFundMe for that. And that was a 501c3. Yeah, it, but that's not a GoFundMe. That's a is that's, a 501c3 right. that's supporting this family and you can give money to them. And so you can give money to the Red Cross and they give it to a family. That's deductible. Okay. But you can't just GoFundMe is not. GoFundMe is no. not. No. But the uh, but is you have to be careful. There's a thing the IRS calls directed giving, where you're trying to create a tax deduction where there really shouldn't be one, mm-hmm. and you're running it through something like that. They'll step on that pretty hard. They're really tough on churches on it, and so um, you can do it, but you have to be just very careful. And there's a lot of little fine print, and for the deduction on ten grand, it's just it's not, not worth, worth it. it. It's not worth it not going to save you that much and I, I i would just help them you've got the money uh, just right if it was us now if you want to get super fancy you know like the ramsey family foundation we can give to individuals like we help single moms in situations we'll buy somebody a car or we'll do something like that in different situations or we could do help somebody with an adoption something like that but the foundation is set up as a 501c3 and its charter the way it's put together with the you know the, the paperwork with the IRS allows us to do individual to minister to individuals as well as also give to ministries and so um, in our case but that's a super expensive thing to mm. I mean we, we put a lot of money through the foundation every year and it's all tax deductible but uh, and some of it goes to individuals in situations like that and it's perfectly legal that way but that's not for 10 grand it's just not worth the trouble it might cost you fifteen thousand dollars to set up a foundation like that in legal fees so it's just not 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 worth fooling with you know it is funny it, it is you know let's expand it just a little bit we need to say sixteen thousand an individual can give an individual so if it's a married couple giving another married couple for instance mom and dad passing some money to their kid okay to uh, a married couple to buy a house maybe or something like that you can give sixteen thousand individual to individual so you can pass four times that mom gives son 16 and daughter-in-law 16 dad gives son 16 and daughter-in-law 16 okay and so now we've got what is that sixty four thousand right four times 16 going you can move without but you have to write four checks be very specific that this is from her to her from her to him and so on and so that if you get audited then you don't get into a uh, a gift tax situation mm. so you can move that much without any taxes as well if you're just trying to avoid gift tax all right up next is going to be jessica in louisville kentucky hi jessica welcome to the ramsey show hi oh my gosh thank you so much for taking my call i am the biggest fan and i listen to you every single day and my three teenage boys um listen to you in the car and so they're really learning some great stuff too um but just to keep it brief my question is my husband and i are on baby step six um we are down to the last twenty five thousand dollars that we owe on the mortgage and we have been hitting it hard like the last four months gazelle intense and um, cut out all spending only buying groceries gas just the necessities and so my question is um originally we were going to pay it off May of 20 or June of 2023, we've moved it up to March of 2023. And now that the end is getting to the point where it's in sight, um, my son the other night asked if he could come, if we could take him to Nashville at the end of December for the Titans Cowboys game. And I said, the only way I'm going to Nashville is if I can go see Dave and do our debt free screen on the stage. Um, so I want to know, would it be okay for us to 
take the remaining money out of our emergency fund um, to pay off the mortgage or should we just be patient and pay it off um, March 1st like we were planning? Well, it's not an emergency. No. Okay. We, so we, we don't. We generally use an emergency fund for emergencies, right? Absolutely. Okay. How much it's is in your emergency stuff. fund? So right now we have thirty-seven thousand in the emergency fund, and then like just six thousand in like a sinking fund for um, cars. So that thirty-seven thousand, and um, if we did pay off the mortgage, our monthly um, expenses would be right at three thousand dollars. So if we took that down to like seventeen or twenty thousand dollars, we would still have that six months in that emergency fund to co- you know to cover an expense. Well, if you've got six months expense. in your emergency fund when the smoke clears on this question, then you've got an emergency mm-hmm. fund that's overfunded. Right. It, it, and with our mortgage, it's it's close to being right. It's still a little bit over, but like if we take the What's mortgage your household out of the income? Equation, um, we're north of 200000 probably 250 with my side hustle. Well, I would use the car money in a heartbeat. Okay, okay. We'll just delay buying a car. We'll get the house paid off because you're really focused on the house payoff. I'm willing to do that. Um, and I'm willing to bring okay. the emergency fund down as long as it's not dangerous. I just don't want to invite Murphy. Because when you don't have an emergency fund, you're sending an engraved invitation to crap to come visit you. Oh, and he's shown up ever since we got really aggressive. Like, we had a $2,700 car repair. Yeah. We had an unexpected water. So, yeah. Yeah, so if you have three of those and, and then you end up making $200,000 a year with a paid-for house and you're broke and can't eat, I don't like that plan. Okay. So okay. you gotta you gotta stay above that, right? But if you're sitting there with twenty yeah. k, and you can still make it, and you use the car money, I, does that sound okay. okay to you? Yeah, absolutely. My first thought is, yeah, what if your roof leaks? What if you know the car breaks down right. on the way to Nashville? There's so many things that could happen. So yeah, you just okay. you just don't want to go down too close. You don't want to violate where you're below the three to six months of expenses guideline because you're just asking for crap you know and if you can do it and not get below that then yeah and i'm definitely using the car money that's a no-brainer but i think you're gonna make it i got a feeling yeah i got a feeling you're focused well and you've got such a great income it's like i think if you all are pretty aggressive between now and then you got a good shot yeah and by the way we don't recommend it's not our program to be that intense when you're at baby step six but it's okay if you want to be this is the ramsey show Are you sick of planned obsolescence? You know, when companies make products crappy, so you have to buy more of their crappy products. Well, me too. And it's why I love companies like Grip6. Grip6 is all about quality products meant to last forever. That's why they're comfortable, bulk-free belts, slimline wallets, and lightweight wool socks all come with a lifetime warranty and simple returns and exchanges. So check them out at Grip6.com today and get up to 20% off with the promo code RAMSEY. Christina Ellis, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Sierra is with us. Sierra is in Kansas City. Hi, Sierra. How are you? Hey, doing great. Just want to give a quick shout-out to Austin in the booth. He is awesome. Oh, he's amazing. 
He's absolutely amazing. He actually yeah, run, he actually runs the company, but we don't tell anybody. <laughs> I would believe it. <laughs> How can we help? Um, so my husband and I, we went through financial peace in the end of September. Um, all nine lessons in like nine days. Perfect. And we have been chugging along for two months now. We're in baby step two, and we've paid off 18% of our total debt. So we are fired up. Boom, boom. Yes. Um, but looking ahead, um, our lease is up in April, and we're not going to be able to stay here. It's just not going to meet our needs. And just like you told us in financial peace, we're seeing our credit score dropping, which we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to rent in our area, we got to maintain at least some credit, which I hate. I'm ready no, to be done that's with not it. True. <laughs> that's not true. Okay. Completely not true. Um, Listen, we had one of our personalities call uh, 10 or 15 of the apartment complexes in our area, and our area is very similar to yours, and asked them how, if they required a credit score in order to move in, and only one out of 10 said they did. Requiring a credit score, but what about if our credit score hasn't disappeared yet? Well, I think you just sit down with the manager and you say, I've got a low credit score because I'm paying off all my debts and I'm working the Dave Ramsey plan, and they will gladly lease to you with a deposit. Okay. And if, you know, and especially if you're working with an individual landlord that has an individual house that's not a corporation, right? Right. Yeah. Like if you can't, I mean, I, um, like I've got a bunch of houses. If you came to a guy like me and said, listen, uh, yeah, you're going to find my credit score is 645, but it's not because I have bad credit. It's because I'm paying off everything and my credit score is dying. I'm trying to kill it. We would be going, right. yes. What's the best tenant? One that doesn't have any other debt. They can pay the rent. <laughs> very, very true. Um, so I guess that is definitely probably the best option. We had two things that we came up with. I wanted to kind of run by you to see what you think. Okay. Um, so knowing that we're going to be moving in April, uh, we were thinking either one, go into storm mode, pull, pile up all the money until we have moved and then just press play and throw that all in the debt again. Or why do you need a pile of money uh, to rent? We have to get a deposit. We have to get all of that kind of stuff together. Well, you gotta, you have to plan to be able to do that, but I don't know that you need to have like, I mean, $15,000 or something. Right. I guess I'm still thinking of it like my credit score issue. So you're right. So if I'm not worried about the credit, then it doesn't matter. Do you think, Dave, it would be a good exercise for her to go ahead and start calling apartment complexes today so she can, one, work through the credit score fears, and then, two, figure out exactly what her, her deposit is going to need to be? Yeah, that's good planning. And if, you know, if you've got to stop or slow down your debt snowball in order to have the money to make the move, that's fine. But now, listen. Yeah. What, what's your current rent? Uh, currently, we're renting at twelve hundred a month. Okay, and so if you go up in rent, you're going to slow down your whole life. Right. We're not looking to really go much. We're looking to stick around this. Okay. Um, good. The thing yeah. is, where we're at in the market, what we're paying for isn't equivalent to things around us for the same price. There you and go. And we're okay. looking to start a family, so we need something better. Okay, that's fine. There's no problem with that at all. Um. Yeah, just as long as you're staying in that same uh, price range. And, yeah, but, yeah, go ahead and start calling some places and look at some of the newspapers, 1500 or, you know, 1300 bucks or whatever like that, and you go, okay, here's the move I'm going to make, and just call them and shop it, like Christina said, and that helps you put your budget together. 
Well, and they may say, you know, you need two months as a deposit and then you have that clarity. You, you set aside twenty four, twenty five hundred dollars and then you continue with the debt snowball because I love how aggressive you've been. The fact that you've already tore through 18 percent is amazing. And I don't want you to lose that momentum, just holding on to the money, kind of getting complacent and waiting all the way till April. I think you guys can, you know, set aside the deposit and then continue with, you know, so much fire in your belly that you don't slow that down. Okay, so we have a reality. The reality is the move. And let's let facts be our friends, not theory and hyperbole and drama. Yes, that makes sense. And that's kind of my biggest fear is I don't want to lose the momentum that we have going because we are on fire. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't oversteer. Don't overcorrect to make the move, in other words. And. And so we're going to shut down, and then we have $17,000, and we needed 4000 to make the move. No, that would be silly. That's oversteering, right? Uh, but if you need, if you do a little bit of research, you figure we need 3000 we need 3800 bucks to make this move, and then we're going to get our deposit back. And when we move and we get that deposit back, we'll throw it at the debt. Um, you know, we just play a little cash game here with hide the pee under the shell, and, uh, you know, then that, that that's just good planning, but the unknown sometimes makes us oversteer and go into drama mode. Right. And drama mode can stop that momentum. I love that you called because you can hear it in your voice. You are on fire. It gets me fired up just hearing yeah. you talk. So Get it. Get it. Yeah. Get well, it. Well done. Amy's in Sacramento. Hi, Amy. How are you? Amy? Hello. Sorry about that. Yeah. Hey. Sorry about that. That's okay. How are you? Okay. Thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. I'm new to the baby Rezzy steps, and I wish I knew about this a month before I bought my house. Um, so my question is, did I buy my house on a uh, emotional <laughs> level, and should I have stepped back? So my question now is, do I gracefully determine how to get out of this house, or do I li- make peace with myself and plan to... Uh, so that I eventually can stay here for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So what, what emotions were you feeling when you bought the house? So about seven months ago, my husband died oh and my. I have three children. Um, one is 20, the other's uh, eight, 17 and one is 11. And so um, I, I was, you know, feeling all kinds of feelings and um, it's been you know, a little bit hard sure. um, dealing with everything going on. The other rationale is uh, we were also separated for about three years, um, and it was not an amicable. Um, my divorce was never finalized, but um, I felt like you know I I definitely need to find stability for my three children. Uh, I want to make sure that with all the changes that that's going on since the divorce, and then especially now that they're attending the same school, the same district, you know, all, all, and just yeah. have a stable home because I was renting um, after I separated. Yeah, Amy, so I'm so my, sorry mm-hmm. what you've been through. I'm so sorry. Thank what, you. What, what did you pay for the house? I did pay for the house. I said, what did, um, you, what did you pay for it? Um, How much? Well, it was like 765000 Okay, and what did you, did you get a mortgage or use life insurance or how did you pay for it? So he had no life insurance. Um, I've always been the breadwinner um, my entire life. Um, and when we separated, I, I paid alimony and child support as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the other rationale for why I felt like uh, I did I'm, I'm, I'm not questioning, right? I'm just trying to figure out the math, okay? Sure. There's a lot of reasons that are valid for you to have emotion around this. So um, mm-hmm. what is your payment on your house? 
Right now I'm paying, well, December 1 will be my very first payment. I'm paying right about 5K a month. $5,000 a month, okay. And what is your income? Currently I make about 120K. Um, now, honey, with that being honey, said, I can just stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have other income coming in? Yes. Uh, I was just about to mention I have Social Security and a small pension from mm-hmm. him. That amounts, so to, that, how, amounts um, to how much? For, uh, about 4500 a month. Okay, so your take-home pay is about 12000 bucks, right? My, ye, with after all this, taxes? With all this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Your, your house payment is very high. Yes. It's very high. Um, I'm so sorry you're in this situation. I'm so sorry how you got here. But I, regardless of how you got there or what your motives were or your reasons for getting there, your house payment is very high. And you know that, and that's why you called. So I don't want to add pain to a life that's full of pain already, but I want you to really look at that and begin thinking about it. Ellis Ramsey personality number one best-selling author is my co-host today our question of the day comes from blinds.com they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee that means even if you mismeasure you pick the wrong color they'll remake your blinds for free free samples free shipping and new promos all the time if you want a great deal use the promo code Ramsey at blinds.com Today's question comes from Brian in Nebraska. My wife and I live in Nebraska. She's graduating from dental school, and we are expecting our first child in May as well. The only debt we will have is a combined $300,000 in student loan debt once she is done with school and a mortgage of $180,000 with $40,000 to $60,000 in equity. I currently make $62,000 a year as an architect. She has a job offer in Memphis, Tennessee to teach as a professor for $160,000 or work in Nebraska for $100,000 to $125,000 a year. Do we move to Memphis, Tennessee with a newborn where she can make more money and we can sell the house to put our equity to pay our student loans or stay in Nebraska to continue paying down debt and have a community that is able to help with the baby? Well, the first thing that struck me is only $300,000 in student loan debt. We only have $300,000. It's not $500,000. It's only $300,000. Oh, my God. The other thing that's interesting to me is She's graduating from dental school, which that seems to be where the debt's coming from, but then she's going to be a professor. Well, there's a dental college in Memphis. Okay. She's going to be teaching dentistry. But do you think it's better to to start out being a dentist and get real-world experience before teaching? Uh, It's obviously not necessary. I mean, how many professors did you have that had real-world experience doing anything (laughs) except being a professor? I mean, that seems like the best route. I also just wonder, too, like, if she became an actual dentist, could she make more money and knock that debt out quicker? He's saying she's got $125,000. Really, first year out, hundred and a quarter on dentist is about right. I'm a little shocked at how high the professor's score is. That's a pretty score. Now, and the question is, too, okay, so if you move down there and you don't make at least 62, this is not an upgrade. Mm. 
Yep. He's got to get a job making 62 or more as an architect in Memphis. Well, that that also seems a little low for an architect, right? It does, yeah. Ah, yeah. There's like a, there have like, a lot of questions on this. Yeah. So, all right, let, let's just let's throw some assumptions on there so we can answer it. Let's okay. say that you moved to Memphis and you made 80 as an architect and she made 160, okay? And you live there three or four or five years and you clean up your dadgum mess that you've made. Only 300000 in debt, right? Um, did he say how much equity in the... 40 to 60 in equity. Yeah, not much. Okay, so that's not going to move the needle. The big thing that moves the needle is the income difference. Um, or... We change jobs as an architect in Nebraska and make more money, and she gets mm. a better job than she's been offered so far as a dentist and makes 150 in Nebraska. If she can make 150 and he can make 80, and you hate the idea of Memphis yeah. uh, instead of Nebraska, then I would stay. And it takes you another, what, six months to a year to get out of debt? Yeah. You know, if you do that. Um, but I, uh, you, you seem to be underpaid. Right. For your, I mean, if you have a four-year degree in architecture and you're making 62, I got a problem. Okay, period. Let's just say that. Number two, 125 is a little low, but not super bad for first time out of the gate dentist. That's not bad at all. Um, I, I, I kind of think I'm hearing down under that last sentence, I uh, have community that's able to help with a baby. Do I move away from everything that I know? My family, my roots, my church. Well, and another factor to consider is the fact that, like, I don't know what that community is going to do, like how much they're going to help, but but there's daycare costs as well. If you moved to Memphis, maybe maybe in Nebraska you have a grandma who's planning on taking care of the baby, and in Memphis you're going to have to pay for full time daycare. So even in that equation, just making sure to factor yeah, in childcare, you got to run that in there too. So, um, if you maximized your income in both locations. It sounds like Memphis gets you out of debt a year sooner. No one says you have to live there the rest of your life. It's not required. Uh, you could go work there three or four years and then move mm -hmm. back to Nebraska. That would be fine if you hate it. Um, you could look at it as an adventure. You know, it's not a uh, it's not a permanent decision forever and ever. I mean, you could look at it as an adventure and go do that. Like, for instance, these people that are contractors with the military and they go to Dubai for a year and make 6x what they would have made in the states and pay off everything and they can basically give up a year and they have a little adventure in Dubai and go do it and you know or whatever and there's a uh, in the sandbox one way or another and there's people doing that and uh, that's that you, you but it's a matter of looking at it I think the I'm going to be away from community and everything that I know has a rest of your life feel to it that isn't required um, as far as I know, you can still, um, uh, they still allow you to leave Memphis once you move there. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I'm also thinking like personally, she is graduating from dental school. So there's going to be a huge life change just in going from being a full-time student to working. And then she just had a baby. She's got a newborn. So even just... Man, the first year postpartum, I would not have been super excited about an adventure across country and mm. moving away from family. So there's yeah. also just the emotional aspect of like, what does she really want? Like, what yeah. what is her capacity? I've, what is you she? Know, we're, we're going to Minneapolis tomorrow night, okay? And um, I've got friends from that grew up in Minneapolis. They uh, were born and bred there. Everything they knew was there. And um, at 
50-something years old, they said, I'm tired of being cold. I'm leaving. <laughs> and they moved to Nashville. And they live down the street from us, you know, and they're they're sweet people. They go back to Minneapolis occasionally see their friends, but they were tired of it. And you may be tired of Nebraska. I don't know. But it doesn't say that here. True. What seems to be between the lines here is you would hate leaving Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And the only reason you'd be doing it would be for a little extra money. And I would challenge you instead to go maximize your incomes where you are and stay. 100%. Yeah. And if it takes you one year longer to get out of debt – by doing that but don't stay there and make 62 and 100 yeah. which is more than she which is all she, she could have made that much by herself because you two both minimize the crap if you make yeah. 60 and she makes 100 that's 162 she got an opportunity to make 160 by herself in memphis that's not okay so if you're gonna stay in nebraska you need to go up your game yes somewhat it doesn't have to be as high uh, as the Memphis and the Memphis deal does does not work at all, it, dude. If you don't get an architectural job there, making more than you make now, right? Well, and I'd also be curious about cost of living. Like it seems like, I mean, I'm not super familiar with Nebraska, but it seems like it'd be Depends. cheaper to live there yeah, versus it, it, in it Memphis. But probably, but Memphis is not that high. But also, just make sure to compare that because even the equity you have in your house, forty to sixty thousand, it's not that much money. And so, just make sure you compare the the just the cost of living, the cost of daycare, all of that, and factor all that into consideration. Because so here, here's a mistake that people make in their logic on this, and this is the the subject in general. Mm. Do I move for a job? And it, it's as if they're doing is if are am I doing something wrong if I don't take a job in a place I hate because it pays more. No, you're not. Careers are personal things. Personal finance is first personal, mm. and then it's finance. And, and so, you know, if you, I'll give you an example. Okay, people told us with the with the Dave Ramsey show in the old days that it will never be a big radio show if we don't move to L.A. or New York. And I'm like, I like visiting L.A. or New York for about forty eight hours, and then I'm ready to leave the chances of me living there is precisely zero and if that means that the dave ramsey show is never a big deal because i refuse to locate in one of those two cities um then it won't be now it turns out that we're the second largest talk radio in america today so those people that said that didn't know what they're talking about thank goodness but i made the choice quality of life on nashville versus those two places oh dadgum no question i'm chuckling a little bit inside trying to picture you living in la or new york bringing redneck radio to the big city <laughs> well we are broadcasting both of them thank you very much you but yeah matter of fact highly rated in both of them so it's working you still won yeah, here we go golly you and your redneck jokes today i'm just uh, come up with some venezuelan jokes or something here bring it yeah bring it bring it this is the ramsey show Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.